Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Safety First Over Everything podcast. I hope you're having a good day, good week, and uh, I hope your 2019 is taking shape. So what you're about to listen to is a recorded interview between myself and Gloria from the Health Informatics Department, where we dive into health as a component of health, safety, and the environment. Uh, We talk about human health in general, but then, you know, veer off onto vaccines, which is a hot topic today. Um, And then we also had, you know, a moment trying to decipher exactly what health informatics is about. So uh, sit back and listen. Uh, I know you'll enjoy this one. All right. Okay. Are you ready? I don't know what we're talking about, but sure. (laughs) Let's let's, uh, start at the one and the two and start talking. Sure. Hey, it's already started, so we're going to find out. Um, So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Safety First Over Everything podcast. We're here to talk about health. Yes, we're talking about health. Today is Sunday, March the 17th. You know, a lot of times we know health, safety, and environment is one. We talk about safety and we get to talk about environment. But every now and then we forget about the health component. So let's talk about health, baby. Let's Let's talk talk about about you and me. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So I have here with me the beautiful, lovely, smart Gloria. Uh, who just so happens to be in the health field? How about that? How are you doing today? I am doing great. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you. Um, you want to talk about health? Sure. What about health? What about health? That's a topic in of itself. Right. <laughs> There's so much about health. I mean, it's just not one thing. There's just too many things, too many components. Absolutely. So let's narrow it down a little bit. How about we talk about health? Now, I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, your specialty right now is with infectious diseases or is it everything diseases? Well, I actually currently am more focused on health informatics, but the portion of health informatics that, well, I can't. So I have a background in both epidemiology and health informatics. Um, I have experience with uh, epidemiology and did a lot of work with chronic disease and so forth for a while, and then branched out into infectious disease. So now I'm sort of the liaison between the infectious disease epidemiology um, and uh, health informatics, because that's my background as well. But my focus is more health informatics. So I guess um, in a way I'm doing both. So like both infectious disease and health informatics at the same time. At the same damn time. Man, at the same time, that's that's a mouthful. Okay, awesome, awesome. Expand a little bit more on health informatics because I get that's like a combination of health and what info or tech. What's that? Health informatics is essentially how do I put it? Um, I guess in simpler words, I would say IT for health in a way. And when I say IT, I'm not. It's more. It's a little more broader than that. But the field was created essentially, um, it's fairly new, not a lot of people know about it just yet, even in the job market. But um, it was created essentially as a way to improve um, health uh, in a way, uh, I'm 
stumbling in my words not trying to explain this um it's it's it was created to help uh improve health delivery so essentially the idea was that um everyone's got a primary doctor right Correct. So with your primary doctor, let's say you live in Texas, so you go to your primary doctor every day, but then every now and then, like life happens, you travel. And so wherever you go, you might end up having to encounter, I don't know, hopefully you don't die, but you know, you get into something and then you have to see another doctor. But because the doctor that you're seeing at whatever hospital does not have your uh, medical history, mm then it makes it a little tougher for them to attend to your needs or make sure that, you know, so they have to ask you questions, but assuming that you're unconscious, you know? So then mm. they have to try to figure out, well, what the hell, how do we, you know, treat this patient without killing him because we don't have their back um, medical history to really, you know, be able to tailor uh, their care. So health informatics essentially is one of those things. It's broad. Like, you have a lot of niches in there, but the idea is really to in- um, integrate the idea and to interoperability with systems mm-hmm. uh, electronic health um, systems which is um, what most hospitals are mainly using these days to kind of keep record of um, patients and so the idea is, is that when you leave Texas you go to California um, you're whoever you see in California can still pull up your information and be able to give you the treatment that you deserve gotcha. we haven't quite reached that level yet but that's kind of like what the the big picture of health informatics is in addition to also um being able to uh track disease better and stay on top of all the outbreaks and things of that sort it's like i said it's vast there's too yeah. many details <laughs> no indeed indeed I, i'm definitely getting from that like sort of um some type of universal health well not universal health system but a universal system where like you know your records are like continuously living and no matter where you are, those can get access. Right. So yeah, that's one of, and that's just one of the niche of health informatics, but because I I am with public health right now, the other niche is really meaningful use. And that's where you get into the details and the nitty gritty of really, you know, the informatics portion of it using HL7 language for, um, uh, message transferring and so forth between different systems. And, um, reporting of diseases and electronic lab reporting and blah 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 all those detailed stuff okay um again this was also um what this is also something that was actually uh, i think it was in the obama administration that this got pushed out the whole idea of meaningful use and there's a lot of funding towards that and etc etc um but yeah i mean Shoot, I can talk about that all day. There's so much to it. (laughs) That definitely sounds interesting. And it's amazing. I guess that's another way, just another way in which tech is infiltrating our lives, right? Yes. I mean, we have tech now and everything, and it's coming to healthcare, which I'm sure like everything else has its positives and its negatives. Mm -hmm. Um, I do know in safety, one thing we deal with, or, you know, within a health and safety field when it comes to medical records like that, Mm -hmm. especially when the doctor requests them, right, is your access to records because uh, with the whole HIPAA laws and OSHA has its own standards which protect employee information, Mm -hmm. what's their work around moving into a system like that, you know? And like in the situation you're talking about with someone who might be unconscious or something like that, mm-hmm. what are there any hiccups or is there a hump, a challenge with overcoming, you know, information privacy and access to records and stuff like right. that? Um, there is. I mean, just like you said, HIPAA covers a lot of rules and regulation. I mean, I feel like in most fields, like you say, with safety as well. 
but HIPAA also covers a big chunk of uh, the health informatics world or health altogether. Um, so with privacy of information and so forth, um, you have it just depends on the system that you have. All those things are applied. It's not like when your information is being accessed by this doctor that your privacy is being, I don't know, is vulnerable in one way or another. Like, like I mentioned earlier, we haven't quite reached that level where your system can really communicate with one another, but that's sort of like the goal. Um, but right now, though, one thing that everyone, I'm sure, have noticed going to a hospital is that every hospital has their own um, health um, health care record, mm-hmm. electronic health care record system. You have Epic, Cerner, and a bunch of other ones that are All out right. there that are being a used. And Epic ones. is the, the one of the really main one, uh, biggest one in the market right now that's being used. And the idea behind that was also... Um, you know, when you go back in the day when you used to go to a doctor and then you have the doctor's number, the doctor prescription, and you're mm-hmm. looking at it like, what the hell did this dude write for this prescription? Was yeah, that an A and F? Right. So that was also, and then the idea of health informatics and bringing up these um, electronic health records is to avoid all those types of mistakes. Because it's like when you type it, it's right there, right? You can mm-hmm. read anything on a computer, but right. somebody's handwriting is always hard to read as well. Right, right. But yeah, so as far as uh, privacy, really, um, all those systems, you know, they have their own, uh, they have to go through their own HIPAA, blah, 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 and ensuring that, you know, there's, they have all the necessary tools and nicks in there for privacy. And of course, you have the healthcare professionals themselves are required to abide by those rules. So, okay. Man, that's a lot. I mean, it always seems like, you know, with, with tech, like we said, you know, New challenges, new opportunities, and new challenges. But I guess, you know, uh, the whole point of trying to make a system great is overcoming those challenges. So mm-hmm. that sounds exciting. That definitely is exciting. Now, let's dive into the second portion of what you say your focus is at mm-hmm. the public health realm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what are you seeing in that realm? Just to be general, I mean, we're all living, you know, we feel like we're past the times of, um, you know, those mass diseases that would wipe out populations. But I know here recently um, the vaccine thing is a big, big topic, right? <laughs> vaccines now, you know, with new information, people are, a lot of people are against vaccines. Some are for it. I'm one of those, like, I don't take my flu shot. Again, I'm older, immune system is probably set, but talk, talk about vaccines a little bit. What's, what's, what's your take? What are you seeing? Okay, so this is, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> As a health major myself, I do not take the vaccine, uh, the flu shot. Don't do it. Do not follow my step. <laughs> Uh-oh. Hold on. You're saying don't do it? I'm saying don't take the vaccine no, or do I take it? Go take your flu shot. Don't, don't be listening to me. You know, people, people make their own decisions and... Um, that's not such a great example. <laughs> well, why don't you take it then, if you don't mind sharing? Well, personally, I just don't really take it. It's not that I have anything against the vaccine because I've been vaccinated for everything else. Okay. And um, but the flu shot has just never been something that I thought. Not, I don't want to say I thought it was import, important, but it never just really. They're always because at work I'm required, not required. I work to do the promotion every year, like you know, ask all the employees to go downstairs and take the vaccine shot. It's free, blah 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 blah. Uh, the the flu shot, I should say. But I just never make it. I just never go. <laughs> There's it's not, not really a priority a for right. you. It's not really a reason. It's like okay, I'm not doing this because I, I you know, I don't believe in a vaccine. <clears throat> 
But it's just I just never do it, and I I haven't gotten sick, so you know. And you haven't gotten sick. Okay, yeah. fair enough. So I guess the flu shot that's that's kind of a it's a hit or miss. But what about vaccines in general? Like no, what you're vaccines. seeing out with kids and the population? How's that affecting our public health? Vaccines in general, like I mean, there's been so many theories about it out there with you know more researches. Okay, first of all, let me start. Scientists. The way scientists are designed, especially researchers, researchers would dive in into any and everything, right? Okay. And the idea is just to, the idea really is just to improve. And I'm not going to lie you, scientists were just curious altogether. It's like, okay, I find this cure to this vaccine, but then I'm going to study it further and see what else I can come up with. So okay. you have things like that that happen. So personally, what I believe with this whole theory about vaccines, like, oh yeah, it causes your child to have, you know, some alternative diseases or whatever. It's a bunch of bullshit, if you ask me, mm. because the truth is we've seen it throughout <laughs> throughout like, the years that vaccines have helped with so many diseases. Right. Right now we have a bunch of cases of measles popping up again because parents, heard, yeah. because it literally it started because diseases like measles um, and uh, chicken pox. Those were supposed to have been extinct, right? Right. No, measles was, uh, was pretty much gone for uh, at some point. Yeah. You have chicken pot, uh, measles, and um, what is what is this? The polio vaccine and all of that. Those things work because after the, the vaccine was found, you had a really like a great decrease in the amount of you know the, the, those kind of diseases popping up in society. Actually, especially in the U.S., mm-hmm. measles was very rare. Measles just started ramping up again after you had you know that rave of parents coming up with their theories of. You know, backed up by God. I don't know who the hell did these research talking about. Oh yeah, you know, vaccines do this to your kid, so you should stay away from vaccines, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah. So right now we're dealing. I don't want to say nationwide, but I know with Texas for sure, there have been a few cases of uh, measles that have popped up. Okay. Um, and yeah. Where in Texas? I don't. Actually, to be honest with you, I'm not sure what part of Texas, but I I heard um, the epidemiologist talking about it last time, last week when I was at work. Man, that's close to home. Yeah, too close. Well, but measles has been popping up left and right though, throughout the state really. Um, for the past I want to say at least the past two three two three years, measles have been popping up like randomly. Because even when I was working for the Minnesota Department of Health, we also had a few cases of measles that popped up. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. How bad is measles? Pretty bad. It's, it it could be deadly if left untreated. And that only affects kids, right? Not really an adult. Well, it can affect adults. I mean, if you're not vaccinated for it, it's kind of like it's a, it's essentially kind of like any any disease really when you think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get sick, if you're not <clears throat> treated, then well, <laughs> you know, at your own That's expense. That's your demise. <laughs> at your own expense. Wow. Yeah, it's at your own expense. It's so. all Okay, so if we had to bring it all in, because I've heard you say you're not for the flu vaccine, or not that you're not for it or against it, you mm-hmm. just do not participate. And you've mentioned us having cases of measles and all this stuff popping up, which can be really bad. If you had to summarize and speak to people who are considering whether to get you know, vaccinated either for themselves, for their kids, what would your general advice be? Do it or don't do it? And why? I'd say do it. Do it. Because the truth is, the vaccines, like, okay, just like anything out there, man-made or, you know, 
especially especially if you're talking about within the realm of drugs and therapeutic stuff essentially right mm-hmm. we're human so there's always going to be some sort of error perfect example is the flu flu vaccine right. last year was it last year or f- however many years ago i can't remember was it last year's or the year before that the flu vaccine that came up it wasn't a hundred percent actually doing what it's supposed to do mm-hmm. and what that tells you is that as human you do your best to really come up with something that will help right but at the end of the day your intelligence can only go so far because the human body is for number one complex and number two with evol- evolution and global warming and everything that's really going on with our nature mm. these organisms are also adapting mm. and becoming a little more potent and a little more um hard to deal with and so we have to try to stay on top of that but at the end of the day those original vaccines that were created they were created for a reason it was for to protect us and so would you rather you know have some sort of line of some line of protection or have or none, none. Right, right. <laughs> some's always better right so it's it's one of those things so i'd say do it all right well y'all heard it there as gloria says vaccines are to be done I don't still think I'm going to do the flu one. I'll take my chances. The flu flu shot, I've heard mixed, uh, you know, feelings about it. Everyone left and right. I don't do the flu shot. I do it. I don't do the flu shot. I mean, um, it's up to you. But as far as other diseases, especially the... um, uh, some of the reportable diseases that are out there, like I said, measles and so forth, that one I really would recommend, um, you know, doing your vaccines for that. It's really... Think about it. Either I have one layer of raincoat or I have none and I get rained on. Mm. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Or, hey, I'm with you on that. I I would say, especially, you know, with um, population increases, you know, people from different areas and all of that, I can see how... You know, if something gets introduced to a society, especially one that's not ready for it, you can easily have, like, you know, just crazy outbreaks. And with as many activities and things people do, people intermingling, the possibilities are endless. So I definitely do agree on having some type of protection. Yeah, because the environment, the environment itself is also evolving, you know? Yes. So, like, we're talking, people, you know, again, there's still the controversy about global warming, but it's real you can't you if you look at the temperatures across the world period the temperatures are increasing ridiculously yes. i mean i'm from minnesota minnesota is known as the coldest place but compared to 2003 mm-hmm. no minnesota is not as cold anymore wow it really Bad isn't early huh yeah compared to 2003 you look at 2003 and when 2019 minnesota is not as cold anymore this winter, crazy. this winter, they had a lot of snow and they had a few freezing temperatures, which I think was actually statewide. But compared to the regular Minnesota um, winter, mm-hmm. that was nothing. That's wild. That is wild. And something you just said there as far as diseases, I think I picked this up on the Joe Rogan show where they were saying as the earth thaws, there are certain viruses which have been trapped like in the permafrost and all these other things. Mm-hmm. And as they thaw, they're getting released, and we don't know what they can do. Have you heard anything about this, and what's your no, take? No, that's actually new for me. I didn't know about that, but 
that makes sense to me because uh, I mean there's a lot of viruses and microorganisms that for instance you have um CDC has a project right now actually I left um well, before I left Minnesota I was working on this project where we're looking at multi-drug uh, uh, multi resistant organism and this is really focusing on antibiotics mm. and so you have things like E. coli you have so many strains of E. coli and other organisms that are not becoming resistant to the simple antibiotics that were first created to literally attack a disease so these organisms have come up with way to I'm not going to get into the detail science of it because people are going to be like, hey, what is she talking about? <laughs> but, Explain you know, they, yourself. No, they've, they've come up with mechanisms to really seal themselves from the effect of the antibiotics. Mm. So the antibiotics are pretty much unable to penetrate their shell. Right, right. And so that's a resistance that has been, um, what, generated over time. So their defenses are getting better. Mm-hmm. They're getting better. Mm-mm-mm. And so you have, so CDC has a whole project on that. Minnesota is one of the participants. I know Texas um, sort of dive into that, although I don't think they're part of that, um, the grant that CDC has out there, because only a few states are uh, participated. But the, the plan for CDC is to actually expand that program and have more state participate in that, because they're trying to collect all these data and see, sort of like trying to understand the pattern and what's going on and all of that. But that's a serious thing you have. Because if you go to a doctor, something that you can use, I don't know, and pistol in to treat, you can't use that anymore. So what the hell do you do that? You have to find the next best antibiotic. And so you have to run a bunch of tests to figure out, okay, with this organism, what are they resistant to? Wow. And there are only so many antibiotics that have been created thus far. And then we have even... The funny thing about, well, not funny, but the horrible thing about it, they're actually, antibiotics are within range, right? So it's almost like you have the zero all the way up to 10, 10 being like the most, like the strongest antibiotics. Okay. And so we're looking at, or there are actually organisms that are popping up that are actually even resistant to like level nine or eight antibiotics, if you will. And that's not good. That's scary. Yeah. And that's not good. I'm actually supposed to start a project <laughs> to be looking at some of that stuff, but you know, life. <laughs> life, indeed. So, what you're telling us is the CDC has a plan. Uh, I, I, CDC always has a plan, I guess, but <laughs> the truth is, um, you uh -oh. know, they always pop up with these different uh, um, programs that they want to look at. Well, not programs, uh, you know, researchers that they really want to do. Um, but yeah, mm. it, I guess, yeah, I would say they have a plan. However, you know, you can't really say they have a plan because right now at the level where we are, it's mostly still sort of like on a research platform versus gotcha. really having a solution because without data, you can't come up with a plan of attack, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Research is definitely still a part of the plan. So we'll take that. <laughs> we'll take whatever we can get. <laughs> wow. That's uh, that's quite interesting, man. That's pretty interesting. I've definitely learned something new. Um, see, there you go. A topic came out of that. Look, look at how welcome. we blended the sources, you know. <laughs> so we've learned that tech and health is coming together as one. You know, that's happening, already happening. We can't fight it. Um, and it will bring a lot of benefits with it. So that's great. And then we also learned vaccines, you know, on the base level are necessary because they do provide some type of protection. It might not be the best, but hey. We all know something is better than nothing. So I guess uh, decide wisely when it comes to taking those vaccines and keeping yourself protected. Hallelujah. All right. <laughs> well, hey, um, yeah, 
that was it. You got anything else to say, Miss oh, Gloria? Shoot, we're done. We're done. Hey. Short and sweet. <laughs> Short and sweet. <laughs> All right, cool then. All right. Well, thanks for being with us. We'll catch you guys in the next episode. Peace. <laughs>